Hello, everyone. I'm Christina Roberts Enneking, and I am here to welcome you to the Real Eyes Realize podcast. This is a platform where we feature everyday people making ripple effects, actualizing love in their families, communities, and the world at large. Real Eyes Realize is a show where life and service dance together. For all of our podcast listeners, we invite you to sit back or take us with you on your walk or drive or however you enjoy your podcast. But listen deeply. We are here with our guests, here to listen to the sparks that have inspired action and heart-centered service and highlight ways in which we can also be motivated and inspired to create the positive ripple effects in our world. We're prepared to get real as well, authentic, courageous, and vulnerable through truth-telling and in that relating with one another to the things that matter most. So thank you for being here and enjoy this special treat, our next episode, just for you. So I'd first of all like to kick off and say I am so honored, so honored that we have the Benadam family here today in our podcast. And we're going to be talking a lot lot about uh, the ripple effect that this beautiful family provides in our world. Um, And I mentioned at the beginning when we did our intake call, this podcast is about real people that are creating positive ripple effects, that are actualizing love. And this is about truth-telling, it's about vulnerable moments, and it is about walking with each other as we navigate the ups and downs of life. And that's why we, why we call this real eyes realize, that we want to get real. We want to get into the truth of what this feels like. So I am so honored to have this family here. And since we have four of them, I'm going to actually turn introductions over to you to give us a little bit about yourselves, but I wanted to start off with, this is a family that we as a family have grown very close to. There's that beautiful sentiment that there are friends that are the family we choose. And I definitely feel that with you four. Um, I'm so honored and willing that you're willing to share a bit of your story of what it is like to live in the Bay Area and go through everything from the trials and tribulations of trying to have two working payments parents and teenagers, and also what we're going to talk about is just additional challenges that may arise. And so we call this family ACEs. I think that there even is maybe a tattoo to that effect because we're going to be introducing everybody here to our A, which is Alex Benedom, our E, or C, excuse me, which is Chris Benedom, our E, which is Erica Benedom, and our S, which is Sammy Benedom. So we're going to go in that order for introductions. So Alex, you get to kick us off. How do you give us a little Reader's Digest about who you are, how old you are, what school you go to, and tell us a little bit about you. Um, Okay, so I'm Alex. Um, I go to Fisher Middle School. Um, I'm obviously part of this family. Uh, I mean, I play the trumpet. I play football and golf. Um, I really like, you know, hanging out with my friends and, you know, making good memories and stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I like having a good time. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And I know what an amazing golfer you are. And <laughs> I know that whatever you put your energy and your thoughts into, you actually make things happen. Um, we might get into this a little bit more, but I hear you're venturing into some acting these days. Yeah. Anything about yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I recently got my first, you know, professional gig. So that was super exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to expanding off of that experience because it was, it was really fun and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good for you. And this is, I hear you've done this without an agent. You put mm-hmm. forth the hard work. You actually are manifesting a lot of things in your life, which is pretty incredible because you're at this point, how old? I am 14. Yeah. So. That's incredible. Incredible. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. So Chris, we're going to go to you, our C and aces. Yeah, I'm Chris. I'm the C and the aces. Um, I won't tell you my age because I'm young. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, I don't know. I uh, I have two great kids. I have a beautiful wife. I love living in the Bay Area. I uh, Hobbies, I like to coach. I, I've been a, a youth coach for a long, long time. I used to be a varsity football coach. I now work uh, for an ISP. And uh, yeah, I enjoy... Um, doing stuff with the family on the weekends, traveling down to LA to see family and uh, fishing and golfing and doing, you know, fun stuff. 
I love that. That's what I always see with you, Chris, is that really the ability to just really look at life is meant to have fun and whether or not it's golfing or boating or playing, you know, ping pong, it's like, it's just this joy that comes from you. And so that's pretty awesome. And so you are in the Bay Area now. You grew up more in the LA area. Is that correct? We did. Yep. I, I grew up in, uh, I'm actually the fourth generation of my family born in Downey, California. Um, grew up there and then uh, went back to school in Boston and met Erica. And then we moved up here about uh, seven years ago now. Yeah. So yeah, we've been, uh, yeah, up here now. Very cool. And so we're so grateful because we got to meet you when you were up here. So um, we're going to go next to E. Erica, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, I um, am the mom of these two wonderful kiddos and this handsome guy's wife. Um, I was born abroad. I was born in Mexico. I lived there for five years, then Spain, then Brazil, then no, yes, yes. Spain, Brazil, Indiana, Connecticut, and then came out to California for high school and um, then went back east to college. That's where I met Chris and was an educator for about 20 years, different roles, teacher, director of technology, and ultimately principal. Then I made a huge career change into the corporate world, and it's been quite an adventure. I've loved every minute of it. Um, yeah, that's about that's about me. I love that. Thank you so much. And the other parts about you is just what a caring individual you are, um, whether or not it was in your years as an educator. Um, certainly, I know you as friend, um, always, always there, just a heartbeat away. And so that's something that I'm so grateful for you relative to Erica, how you show up in this world. So thank, thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Samantha, last but not least, tell us about yourself. Yes, um, I'm Sam. I go to Los Gatos High School. I'm a sophomore. I like art and growing plants. Um, love dyeing my hair. <laughs> what else? Um, color, color guard. Yes. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Awesome. And tell us a little bit about this year of remote schooling, or is this something that, how do you chalk that up? Has it been a positive experience, a crazy experience? What are the good, the bad, and the ugly? To be honest. I'd say it's very mixed. There are some teachers that have handled it pretty well, and then other teachers do not know how to use technology. So it's been very interesting just learning how to do it and trying to make it through the year. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're getting close to the end of the year, do you think that you've survived it? When you look back, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself? Um, probably learned that I like procrastinating a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, but overall it's been pretty good. I'd say I've survived. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've more than survived it's in so many ways thrived. I think that when you really take a look at your ability to self-motivate and self-regulate, even though you say procrastination is part of it, um, you know, you've kept your grade. I think your grades are really at high levels and you've continued to stay involved with color guard and a really, you're a leader, right? You're a captain on color guard. Not this year. Okay. So years past, but I mean, that's huge, huge amount of involvement. And so really congratulations to you. So part of what we're here to talk about, of course, in this podcast, aside from getting to know this amazing family, is a little bit about some pivotal moments, pivotal moments in your life and kind of on that whole notion of uh, what are, how do we learn and grow from these pivotal moments? And so I know that Erica, you had shared um, with me kind of a, a list of different ones. And I'm wondering if you want to kick us off or in any way that your family wants to walk through some of those so that we can walk through, tell us some of the things that you've experienced as a family. Absolutely. Well, one thing we um, didn't mention in our intros is that Alex happens to be transgender. And um, it has been a journey of about a decade. Well, no, longer than that. <laughs> um, at about two years old, uh, this little guy who was um, his birth, his um Sex assigned at birth, that's the proper term. Sex assigned at birth was female. And um, we, ironically, Chris and I picked two names that when shortened could be gender agnostic. 
So his name given to him at birth was Alexandra, but we always called him Alex. And at two years old, he announced to us that he was a boy. Um, he had his little pacifier in his mouth and he just clear as day said, I'm a boy. I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. Those were his exact words. I think we have it on video somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was absolutely adorable because he had such strong conviction and we never corrected him. We just mm-hmm. um, sometimes family would actually ask him to, we would say, are you a girl? And he would say, I am not a girl. I'm a boy. And our family, even extended family was, you know, everybody thought it was cute as could be. And we just let it be. Um, then, so that was around age two. We had an epic, Sammy was in dance as a, a little girl and mm. she performed a lot. And so we would take Alex to the performances and, um, <laughs> you know, traditional mindset when you get dressed up to go to something, the, you know, we were raised that, you know, little girls wear dresses. So we would mm-hmm. present Alex with a dress to put on. And there was a, I think he was maybe three or four, like an epic battle. We still remember it was, I still remember it was this cute little blue, like royal blue sundress that had these silver stripes. And we were trying to get him to wear it. And he was having a meltdown, like <laughs> absolute meltdown. And Chris convinced him by saying, look, dude, you're going to wear shorts underneath. You know, so it's not like you're, you're not really wearing a dress. You've got shorts on. Um, but it was such an epic battle that after that, we decided we would never require Alex to wear a dress again. It's not worth the struggle, huh? Yeah. And we just, you know, we believed always that both of our kids could self-express, you know, the way they wanted and that we weren't going to control that part of them. So little by little, he started choosing Uh, more masculine clothing, Mm -hmm. didn't want anything with flowers, didn't want anything with ruffles. And, you know, over time, he was essentially wearing basketball shorts and Mm t-shirts. And there was, let me know when you want me to stop. Uh, I love this. I love this. This is just some beautiful continuity. But what I'm hearing is like, you know, I'm not interested in that royal blue sundress with the daisy straps. Like that is not And I do want to hear a little bit more. I just want to pop over to Alex for a moment, though. When you think about yourself as that two to four year old, can you even imagine yourself now wearing one of those frilly dresses? Oh, no. I mean, (laughs) like, it's for a while. It's been, it's just this, no, no, yeah. No way. uh, We, like, I was so happy that I was never forced to ever really wear you know, like dresses or super feminine clothes because it was like, I just disliked it so much. So I like thinking now, if I would ever, ever wear one of those, it's like, no, (laughs) like that is a definite hard no. Yeah. It doesn't match with who you are, your identity of who you are as a person. So, and I'm just curious, Samantha, you're a couple years older. Do you remember that epic battle? Do you remember when you're getting ready for your dance recital and you're at the time you're, you know, your sibling is like, I'm not cooperating. I'm not wearing that dress. Uh, I might remember stories, but I think I remember it. Still can picture the dress, but I don't remember them really arguing around it. So yeah. yeah. Do you um, shortly like or around when Alex was four or five, they did a, Sam and Alex did a lot of pretend play, yeah. you know, like, um, yeah, they, they played together a lot. They were really good siblings. Do you remember who Alex pretended to be and the names that he would pretend to be? It was always Brian. <laughs> was never, it? Yeah. I don't know why, but he really liked that name. Yeah, he was always a boy. So yeah. I'm sure I've seen it coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. And there, and was, just... uh, there was a TV show. What was that? Um, Austin. Austin and Allie. Oh, Austin and Allie. And I would watch Alex watching Austin and Allie. And whenever Austin would come on, he looked at him like just idolized the character. Ah, isn't that wild? So and much for, that we know when we're for little. Halloween, again, because we let him be whoever he wanted to be. Yes. Um, for Halloween, he was Diego from Dora and Diego. And Love he it. was Spider-Man. So he always made choices that 
aligned with his, his gender identity. Yeah. Self-expression. I love that. Yeah. And, and I want to go back to you, Erica, on the kind of going through the, these pivotal moments. Um, I'm curious really quick though, first, Chris, is the sentiment of like, well, you're wearing shorts. So can you just pretend and just wear these shorts and be okay with it. Could you say a little bit more about that? Cause I think we all struggle with that's kind of in our mind, like as a parent, just kind of step up and let's go. Yeah. I, I mean, we just, we were, you know, we were honestly, I, I, I don't remember the scenario as, you know, but we were just trying to get out of the house and like, Hey, we can have shorts on. And, you know, as soon as we get through the first, whatever's, I'm sure we can, you know, go change and we'll make this work, dude. And, he was, you know, he, he, we worked it out and it was, you know, it was yeah. just, you know, yeah. whatever, like we were going to make it work. I love that. I love that about you. And so I want to kind of give it back to you, Erica, moving through, because I think that when we're looking at like this all expression at, at very, very early ages, like we know, but that there's almost like a convincing that has to happen. Right. And so please do continue. Yeah. We were not familiar with the term transgender at that point. I mean, we'd seen movies where they might have a transgender character, but like it wasn't part of our everyday vocabulary. And so, you know, Alex went by female pronouns and, um, and we still, you know, required him to wear girl underwear. I think that was something I held on to. And, you know, as the years progressed and I recognized that, you know, Alex um, was going to have, you know, his own way of living. Mm -hmm. I think in my mind, I told myself, okay, well, he's gay, you know, he's gay. um, Or at that point, she, right. She's gay and she's just going to be a tomboy. Um, So that was kind of the thoughts going through my head and I didn't care. I was fine with it. Um, But I just never thought through I never understood his conviction of identifying as a boy. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I think that, um, and thank you for just sharing that. Cause I think for many of our listeners and, you know, the broader world is it comes as something that we're not necessarily prepared for. We may not have ever been exposed to what it's like within your own family to be able to think about how do we support somebody who's identifying with some, a different sex from how they were born. So, um, Tell me a little bit more about, you talked about female pronouns. I think you mentioned too, like, like boy haircuts. And it was like, I don't even want to look like a girl. Um, and then there was a point, I think, as you were an educator, that you actually had a student that really kind of opened your eyes. Could you tell us a yeah. little more? Yeah. So um, we did at some point, um, before we understood the transgender component to this, we did, you know, Alex really wanted short hair. And that was something that Chris and I had to really negotiate together. And I think, unfortunately, I like, um, what's the word? Um, Sideswiped, Chris, or I, that's not the word, but when you don't blindsided. tell someone, blindside, thank you. Bamboozled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I blindsided. It's like, I have a word for you. <laughs> because, you know, this was our little, you know, at that point, Alex was our daughter and Alex presented completely male everything else, right? Like basketball shorts, t-shirts, And he had this long scruffy hair, you know, and he just, he looked like a boy with long hair. And, but Alex was like, I want the short haircut. And Chris and I were not aligned on that. And I did totally pull a bad wife move and, you know, blindsided (laughs) him and took him to get his haircut. And Chris was like, what did you do? (laughs) But I was, but then when we saw how, how happy Alex was, like, then I think Chris, I don't know, you can speak for yourself, but I think he kind of understood a little bit more like, oh, you know, he is happy, you know, Alexandra is happy this way. So yeah, I'm curious, Um, Chris, um, you know, in feeling bamboozled, would you say that you did agree? Was that almost like tearing the bandaid off? And then like, once you do, it's like, oh, like say a little more. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, I think the transition from the traditional was, probably the hardest part for me just to, mm-hmm. and then once it was done, like, okay, whatever, like not yeah. a big deal. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I seem to like longerish hair, yeah. um, you know, for women, I don't know, whatever it's just a, um, and so, yeah, that was kind of a, a, a difficult one for me, but once it was done, it was whatever it's, it's hair, it grows back. It's like, whatever, but yeah, it was kind of a, just a, yeah, well, I don't know. 
Yeah. So is there anything in the, because I think that this sometimes these pinnacle moments, like when we reflect back, you know, were you raised in a more traditional family? Was there anything around kind of grappling with having a, a, a child that was identifying different from how they were born? Was there any bit of like denial in that? What was that like for you? Um, I, I would say, yes, I was born tradi- or uh, grew up more traditional. Um, it wasn't, um, yeah, we were, we were traditional and I have very traditional paths and colored hair and <laughs> earrings and, and, and as, as not bad, um, I just always identified those with things that were going to potentially make life more difficult. Ah. And so, yeah, so it was a little bit more difficult for me to let go of some of those things. Um, but again, it's hair. You can see my stupid hair is <laughs> colored now itself. You know, I've got my COVID, got my COVID color. So, um, yeah, I think over time, I, I've been able to uh, relax some of those traditional views in some instances. Yeah. Others I still hold on to probably, maybe too much. Um, but yeah, I, that was one that was, you know, once it was done, it was like, okay, we're, we're moving on. Yeah. I just wanted to say for our listeners who don't see video, like it's so amazing seeing this family. And as Chris was just talking about holding on to traditional views, Samantha was there shaking her head and it was like, okay, like <laughs> I feel like there might be some stories behind that. Is that right, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> something that comes to mind you could share. Oh, just about my hair. It was very difficult to convince him. And then I got a second ear piercing. That that didn't take as much convincing. Well, it started out with just the tips. And then it was, okay, we moved a little bit. And then the one that really got to me was the two colors. Uh And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, But, again, whatever. It's hair color. Oh, I love that. I love your honesty too. It just cracks me up. Um, so Erica, like back to you when you um, thinking about as an educator and I think you were in yeah. sixth grade or something. So I wonder yeah, more. So I think Alex was in third grade and I was a principal. And at this point, we're still referring to Alex by his birth name. We're still using female pronouns. So, but there was, Alex was asking me to get boy underwear. I remember that. And I kept saying no. And it, I was holding on. I was like, no, like you are a girl. You are going to a girl underwear. You can do, you can wear everything else the way you want it, cut your hair the way you want it. But this was like my last hold. Yeah. Um, and then I met a family and I won't share their names to yeah. protect their privacy. But as a principal, I had a sixth grade student who identi- who was transgender and was what we call female to male. So um, assigned female at birth, but identified as male. And this family had, you know, had, a, had d- they decided they were ready to support their child and they wanted to support their child in changing pronouns and, mm-hmm. and have that change at school. Um, and I believe the student's name was different. The, the, uh, the name at, the yeah, it was different. So they were going to have a new name. So anyway, I met with this wonderful family, the two parents, and I was sitting in my office listening to their story <laughs> and all, and I remember the mom who was amazing. She said, you know, this, my child asked me to get boy underwear. And I said, okay, let's go to Target. Let's get boy underwear. I mean, I clearly remember that. And I remember sitting there going, oh my gosh, she's so much better than I am. Like, because I totally knew that this child's story was my own child's story. Mm. And I could see so many parallels. Mm-hmm. So I didn't come home right away and like say, this is what Alex is, right? I, I, I didn't um, t- right. tie those two together, even though I knew it inside. Yeah. But what I did was I supported this family in their journey by educating our staff. And we ended up doing a really cool assembly where the child 
um, we, we played the song, Lady Gaga's song, Born This Way, and I dressed up like um, Lady Gaga, and it was a really fun experience. And that's how the, the child came out as uh, their true identity. Yeah. And then after that, so that was happening. And then somewhere in this process, um, we, our family, we had uh, our extended family come up and we went to San Pedro Square. I think we were going to a sporting event. We were having dinner. Yeah. And that was when we Alex had a moment of crisis where mm. um, we were all out. San Pedro Square is a really hustling, busy place and they have these public restrooms. And so <laughs> Alex had to go to the restroom. So Sam went with him, but we were requiring him to still go to the girls' restroom. Mm. And, um, but he presented like he does now. So completely yes. as male. And so, what happened was, you know, some big guy who was probably only five foot ten, but to Alex he looked like he was six five. Anyway, and some guy like yelled at Alex and was like, "You're in the wrong line." And Alex came back to the table, and I could see the tears in his eyes, and he was so upset. And he said, "Mom, I'm not ever going to use the public bathroom ever again unless you come with me." And I remember when we finally got to the restaurant and I remember getting on my knees and looking at him in the eye because he was so distressed. Mm. And I said, Alex, I get it. Like, I, I yeah. get it. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. Um, I don't think at that point I had shared, like, I think this is what you are, which is transgender. But that's when I started talking to Chris about it and started mm. to connect you know, my students journey and Alex's journey. Yeah. And that really, really began the process for us of, of helping Alex live his authentic self. Wow. I just, I feel like we just want to take a moment of just, just pausing. And, and first of all, the, um, the gift of having that family and exposure to that family who is going through it just a little bit ahead of you and being able to share their experience and that you actually had the forethought to say, there's something here as a mirror for our own family. And to be able to really recognize that and to say, you know, it may not have been an immediate, let's go target and buy boy underwear, but like it started, it was the seed that started the embracement. And just, it sounds to me like dressing up as Lady Gaga and giving an overall assembly to support this child, that your heart has always been in a place of, how do we do what feels like the best right next thing? And that's pretty amazing. Um, I'm curious, Alex, if you could kind of talk about that bathroom crisis from your perspective. And it might be something that you might kind of think, not only was he 6'10", he looked more like 7'2", and he was burly and he was mean, but what do you remember? Um, I mean, I, I honestly have like a pretty limited kind of memory of the experience just because people in general kind of tend to block out the bad stuff they don't want to remember. Um, but from what I remember, he did seem like he was like really, really tall. And he was like, it wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't like tall, slim. It was like tall, burly, like mm -hmm. strong. And I was like, I was like really small too. And it was, so I just, it was blown out of perspective. And I was like, this guy is going to step on me because I am so small. So yeah. um, he called, I, 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 he, I truly think he just said, you know, hey, you're in the wrong line because the the guy's bathroom was wide open because it, I, I don't even know why, but it was. Um, so it was like, go in that one. It's open. What are you, what are you doing? Um, and I mean, I, it, like it was not a good feeling. Um, yeah. When you get called out by anyone, I don't think anyone really truly appreciates it 100%. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a great experience, but now kind of looking back without mm -hmm. that experience, I don't think we would have been able to, you know, come to the point of saying like, Hey, <laughs> we really need to address this, uh, this thing that's been going on because it's yeah. like, it may not have been as quick. Yeah. It yeah. wouldn't, I probably, it was, not have been it was going to happen. Yeah. Most but likely. it sounds like it was a real catalyst. Like it lit, yeah. The, yeah. It lit the firecracker. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't our first run in with bathrooms, um because up in our uh, up in our cabin um yeah i think you guys know about this one yeah. i was i was with my grandma and yeah. there's this big group of girls that had walked into the girls bathroom yeah. um and i was like 
I, I, I passed so well that I would get asked if I was in the wrong bathroom. Yeah. So I, and I thought to myself, you know, instead of avoiding conflict of uh, you're in the wrong bathroom, I just went into the guy's bathroom. Nobody said anything, you know, because I was like, this guy's yeah. just like eight. Nobody gives like nobody cares. Right. Um, and then my grandma actually came running to the bathroom and she's like, Alex, get your butt out of there. What are you doing? Um, and I think I don't like it just she was grandma was coming from a place of love like um she was worried because in her eyes she looked at alex as a little girl right and she saw a little girl going into the boys bathroom and she was worried about his safety and when she talked to me and actually i think grandma was probably one of the earliest ones to say something's going on, but I didn't, I wasn't ready. And I was like, he's fine. He's, or, you know, she's fine. She's fine. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, sure. But, you know, it was coming from a place of love. Yeah. But yes, she was yeah. very concerned about Alex um, yeah. being yeah. in a, you know, a bathroom that didn't correspond with his birth, uh, his yeah. sex assigned at birth. Well, I'm just hearing, hearing this part about your story is, how much do we go through life not even thinking twice about this as kind of an internal conflict? And so what you've just painted and demonstrated is just this greater awareness. And I just wanted to say thank you for that, because I think even for our listeners, if we see you know, a young child and, and it doesn't seem like they identify, like why would we call that person out? And I think we've made a little bit of progress with all gender bathrooms, thank goodness. Yeah but it's not everywhere. And it's kind of like, it has to start with these little, little, little moments, like little pebbles that we drop into the pond. And so um, the other thing I think with this crisis moment is so that, that prompted me to get, to reach out to someone for help. So I reached out to the stepdad of the child that I was supporting and he connected me with a private Facebook group for trans families in the area that was incredible. And, and through that, and I um, also um, had, you know, had been, I can't remember if I was in therapy or no, I wasn't, but I think they referred me to some therapists that focused on gender. And we, Chris and I, cause Chris and I were not um, approaching this the same way. Um, I wanted to devour every book I could read every video. And I was like, I'm going to learn everything I can about what it means to be transgender. And, you know, Chris was kind of like, I think you're encouraging this, you know, you're encouraging Alex to be this. And I was like, no, I'm not encouraging him. I'm just trying to learn because I do believe this is this, this word, you know, is a great descriptor of what, of who he is. Yeah. And so we, um, we really needed some help um, figuring it out together because it was putting a strain on our relationship. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, just that's a super vulnerable share. And that to me just feels like truth telling because we've got, you know, two parents and we're just doing the best we can overall trying to raise kids in this crazy world. And then we have something where it's like, maybe it's like, wait a minute, different perspective. Are you encouraging or are you embracing, you know? And so I'm curious too, from your perspective, Chris, um, how do you reflect back on those moments where maybe that didn't feel like you were on the same page? What's your I perspective? Don't, I don't know what she's talking about. I was, always, <laughs> I was you know, I, I always like, okay, I'm all for it now. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I think it goes back to that same traditional question um, was, was wondering I was looking potentially at the hardships that this yeah. uh, could bring to to Alex, to all of us, um, and was just um, wanting to make sure that we were, I don't know, you know, uh, trying to figure it all out, uh, making sure that it was right. Um, and it was, I just, you know, I just was, I've always been a slow adopter of, of, of things. I, you know, I like to look at the, you know, all of the pages before I buy or, you know, drive the car 10 times before, you know? So I, I do think that I was a slow adopter, but um, yeah, I just, I just needed a little pokey and a proddy and uh, uh, it was, 
you know, I, again, it goes back to, I knew it was um, right and yeah. um, happening. I don't know, but it was just, it just, I was a, more of a slow adopter. Yeah. And our therapist was really helpful. You know, she really worked with the two of us together. And I think that she and Chris even had their own session yeah. and she really drew out, like, what is it that you're worried about? You know, what, and, you know, um, and then she would present scenarios. Okay. Well, let's say, let's say this is Alex, you know, let's say he is transgender. Yeah. What's the next step? So she helped make it practical and concrete versus being this theoretical scary notion in our heads like i know for me um and i know i i since you know we've now interfaced with a lot of different families who are who have children or relatives that identify as transgender and a lot of us laugh at that moment where i'm like just let him be gay <laughs> um and i think that you know my i think where that came from was my fear and lack of understanding around the body implications, right? Like yeah. I knew that there were options for surgery and I just, I didn't, and I think it's similar to Chris. Our, our I think we had the same fears. They just were manifesting differently, right? Like yeah. I was like, oh, but I don't want my child to have to have surgery and I don't yeah. want my child to change their body. And, you know, those were, whereas his was, he does he doesn't want his child to be bullied right yeah. he doesn't want his child to ever face violence and we know that those are things that happen to the trans community um so she was in, we could never have done this without maureen she maureen johnston she was amazing and we are so grateful to her and she met with us and then she also met with alex yeah. and, and she met with us for about a year before wow you know, anything. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness for that. I mean, I almost like those as like angels yeah. in our midst, right? These are our teachers, our helpers, our mentors, you know, and one of the things that I'm just going to offer up is one thing that we do. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you before is as we post our podcast, we have an online resource hub. And so some things out of our conversations, we actually create like a document and um, one of the things that's coming to me now, and if you're willing to, is we put together a list of resources for individuals that are looking at, you know, if you're seeking um, help or want advice or thoughts about whether or not it's the private Facebook group uh, therapists that specialize in this, if you'd be willing to help me put that together, I think we could let our listeners have a really rich resource guide. Absolutely. Sound? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Cool. Um, so, and I just wanted to ask Chris real quick before we continue on. Um, the, the thought about what I hear too is what Erica said is it's a protection, you know, and as the father of this family, you know, I want to protect, I want to protect those that I love and I care about. So I'm curious, what was the thing that kind of sent you to the edge of like embracing, like this is what it is. Where did you finally, what was that catalyst that said, yeah, we're going down that path? Oh, um, that's a great question. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I have an answer for it, Christina. Um, I think it just was an accumulation of events and, and talks and um, seeing happiness. And um, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint yeah. a, a, a specific event idea or whatever. I, I just think it was accumulation of time. Yeah. Um, that I was able to finally, you know, go be okay, I guess. I love that. Fair enough. Thank you. And that, as the slow adopter, I think sometimes time is our biggest, that's the biggest piece of it. It's the, like you said, accumulation of events and um, just awareness, it sounds like. And so that's what I love about your family is um, the openness that you all have and that you share. And it just feels like, um, you know, the ability to just, be super real. And this is what's going on. And this is how we raise kids and teenagers. And these are the trials and tribulations that happen on that front. Right. And I, I think that that's really kind of key, not to mention, I think Alex, I'm curious if you think forward about this world um, and the thought about your parents wanting to protect you, is there anything that you are concerned about, about where this world is about your safety and the ability for you to live a quote unquote normal life? 
I don't think I'm ever going to get normal. And I think I've come to terms with that because I think everybody's version of normal is different. And I don't truly think there is a normal, but if we're thinking like cisgender life, I obviously it's not going to happen because I'm not cis. Um, And I think looking into the future, um, I can see two pretty distinct options of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's either that, you know, I could be accepted and things could be great or there's three, I guess Uh, I could stay the same. You know, people don't really care to educate themselves and, and, Mm and it just stays, we stay where we're at. Or we could be actually going backwards um, because I feel like a lot of, or especially right now, I know mm. you know a lot about this, but they're making a lot of um, anti-LGBTQ laws specifically to transgender people, um, specifically mm. in sports. Um, and I mean, I think for future, I, I got to hope that things get better because yeah. I can do all I can and I can advocate and i can say speak up but um i can't ultimately change um what's gonna happen and i mean mm-hmm. i think i've just come kind of come to terms with that and i mean at this point mm-hmm. i'm i'm okay with it yeah that's cool well you know you mentioned something too um and i, I remember in the intake call we talked about um lgbtq and sometimes the t is not as emphasized um mm-hmm. do you have some thoughts on that yeah i mean i think Gender nonconforming, it's a very, very slippery subject to talk about. Mm. I think that there is a pretty good amount of lack of education, even even in schools and when they teach uh, gender and sexual orientation and gender identity. I just think that I think that there are some people that care to educate themselves and they love to take extra steps and you know, kind of take that bridge to being, Hey, this is a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm still going to talk about it because I I want to learn. Um, but I still think there is, uh, you know, people who, who aren't ready to do that yet. And I understand why, because like I said, it is, uh, it is a kind of uncomfortable subject to talk about when you're first, you know, hearing about it. But, um, I think that it, it's, it's, I think we're getting better at, you know, educating ourselves about it. And, uh, learning that you know there's not just male and female there's a bunch of in between um but i just think you know people need to kind of uh be ready to feel uncomfortable and kind of take that step into the unknown in order to be able to support people who are gender non-conforming or you know trans or stuff Yeah. yeah so well said you're so eloquent and just appreciate that what i heard from that too is just the necessity for um kind of just you know general public to get educated to, to get curious, to ask the questions, to understand what it's like to stand in your shoes and, and all of our shoes, right? What it's like to stand in the shoes of, you know, Sammy, I'm curious that we talked about like protection and you as being the older sibling, um, what are your views about where we are in the world today and what your hopes are for the future so that you really are looking at this to say, like, I want the best opportunities for my brother as I want for myself, my friends, what are your yeah. ideas? I definitely agree with Alex that we're kind of at a turning point with laws and just everything that's happening. So I definitely hope that they don't get passed and that we move forward in the right direction. And yeah, yeah, I always want to protect Alex. Always say that I want to beat up his bullies. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good. Um, So yeah, I just want the best for everyone and everyone to feel like they have a safe place. Yeah, that sounds like a really, I mean, as a wish and a hope for our world, I think you just crystallized it. And uh, I think that that is really, really powerful. That We all have a safe space to grow and to be and to be who we are. And that sounds to me like an amazing place. Go ahead, Chris. And I'd like to add, you know, acceptance to that list. I mean, like, you may not understand, but that's okay. You know, like we don't have to always... Um, you know, it took me a long time and it may take you some time, but, you know, don't, you know, let's use the old adage, don't judge the book by its cover. Like, it's okay mm. if somebody's different and we're, it, you know, it's not going to really affect you. You know, people are different and that's okay. Life is yeah. good. Yeah. 
and I, I, I think something else that I've uh, learned in this journey is that every transgender person and those who love them, whether it's family, has their own story and mm. are approaching their life their own way, right? Like we are, we are very open about Alex being transgender because we are so proud of him. Yeah. And, uh, and we're, we don't want to hide that part of him, but there's going to be a time in his life where he wants to start a new job or start something. And he isn't going to divulge his gender identity, right? He's not going to say, hi, I'm Alex. I'm trans. You know, he's just going to yeah. say, hi, I'm Alex. And in interfacing with a lot of different families, now that families are understanding this at an earlier age and they're able to support their children at an earlier age, they aren't disclosing that their children are transgender. They're just allowing their child to be who they are. And that's where, you know, there are a ton of resources, Christina, like Gender Spectrum that help you guide the conversation at school, right? Like if you have a five-year-old and you're going to start kindergarten, you know, it's, it's totally your call as a parent. You don't need to tell the school that your child, you know, was born one way and identifies another. Uh, And there's a whole lot that goes into this. So, you know, Alex has a, a new birth certificate that reflects his gender identity. So he can take that piece of paper and he can start high school. He can start college as a boy. Right. Yeah. And we're so blessed that our country allows us to do that. Right. Mm. Um, but it's, and it's a process. So that's where the private Facebook group has been invaluable because there are a lot of things that we've had to jump through. And now we're working on changing his social security number and we're working yeah. on changing his passport and all those types of things, because we want him to be able to live, with his, the gender he identifies with going forward. And he gets to choose who he tells and who he doesn't. Bravo. Bravo. I think that 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 just gives me goosebumps because that just says not only to what you said, Chris, about acceptance and the, the wish that, you know, it may not be full understanding for individuals, but as long as we can move to acceptance and what I'm hearing you too, is just like acceptance as just having a life, you know, not having to disclose all of these different identifiers. This is like, I'm Alex Benedom and I'm here to like do this job or do this project or what have you. That's called liberation and freedom. And that feels pretty powerful. Um, So if you're open to it, before we get into our collective ending questions, I'm just curious, where is the journey taking you as you move ahead? Um, Whether or not it's you as a family or even along the transgender, um, you know, puberty blockers and that kind of stuff, where do you see yourselves going? I mean, I see, you don't have to share if you don't want, by the yeah, way. No, it's, that's a good question. Um, I think that, so we, we've gone through a long journey to getting, you know, blockers, which I currently have in my arm. Um, and we, about a year ago, you know, started taking T shots, testosterone shots. Um, and I think from here, it's kind of just trying to, trying to have a, not no, not normal, but kind of trying to give me the most. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Word. So um, it's presenting as a male, right? You want so so. Ale- one thing we are grateful for, and I know we're running out of time, but um, no, we're not. We're so totally. One good. of the things that we are so grateful that we discovered and listened and sought help early on because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex was starting the very beginnings of puberty. So we were able, thanks to the puberty blocker, we were able to give ourselves some time to figure this out. Mm. Um, And, you know, there's a misconception that uh, trans parents of transgender children are just haphazardly making these decisions Mm. for their children. And what if they change their mind? Right. Well, we went through years of therapy and, uh, and it was a slow process. And um, he is on his third puberty blocker. It's an implant in his, on the inside of his bicep. Yeah. And what that did was it prevented him from having breasts. Yeah. We, that, so what that did for me as mom is it 
it took away that fear of him having to have surgery, right? Like, so top surgery is what a lot of female to male trans people have to deal with because they don't figure this out until later. Um, now my son doesn't have to have top surgery and we're mm. so, so thankful for that. Right. And then he has, as he mentioned, he's been on testosterone for a year. So his voice has dropped <laughs> and he's, you know, growing tall and his muscle definitions changing. And all of these things are allowing him to live his authentic self, yes. which is as a male. And we are so grateful that these innovations have been available to us and that we've had countless medical professionals guiding us through this process. Mm, that's amazing. And that our state allows us to do it. I know. Ding, ding, ding. Right? That's huge. Our state allows us to do this. And that is allows the parent to make the decision for what's best for their child. It's, it's like, like Chris said, if you don't agree and you don't understand that's your right. Like you have a right to have your own opinion, but do not allow your opinion to stop me from doing what is best for my child. Yeah. And this is what's best for my child. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. Like I literally am finding tears welling up in my eyes. Uh, thank you for being so on point with that, Erica. I think that that's a powerful message. Um, and I also know, Sam, that you actually helped to give your brother the shots, right? Like, what is that all about? Yes. <laughs> uh, it started out very interesting because mom and Alex kept getting into arguments. So that I stepped in. I was always joking about it before that I wanted to do it. Because yeah. I wanted to go into the medical field. So I was like, oh, I'll do it. And then I was like, oh, wow, I can actually do it. And it's been interesting. It's At the beginning, it took, what, like 30, 40 minutes? Yeah. Now it takes a minute max, usually. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. I offered to do it, but... I was never allowed to do it. <laughs> never. It was like no, dad's at the no, bottom no, of the no. list. No, passed right over <laughs> me. So transgender women are, um, they have the option of taking a pill. So for estrogen okay. and transgender men or boys have two options. One is a shot and one is a, a gel that you rub on your body. But the gel sometimes um, doesn't provide exact results because it can rub off. Um, so our doctor, uh, highly recommended that we go with the shot, but then with the yeah. shot, you have the anxiety of administering a shot. So a that's what Sam and Alex have been working through. Wow. And Alex has come a super long way. And Sam is a invaluable resource. Total in champ. And who would even know Sam, that this could be the beginning of your being a surgeon and like getting comfortable <laughs> with that kind of stuff. Cause isn't that one of your dreams yeah. um, potentially? Like, that's pretty wild. And I just love that, that now you're at a minute, like you got this, you nailed it. So cool. Well, what I'd love to do is just to see Erica, if there's anything else in summary, and then we'll go around and I'm going to do some collective questions, kind of like lightning speed. So is there anything else you want to say to just wrap this up or do you feel complete? I think I want to echo Chris's sentiments, which is, and your, your encouragement of being curious and learning and listening. And then, you know, let's just let people live their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are not, if you don't understand what it means to be, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, plus, yes. that's okay. But let <coughs> people be who they are. And um, let's fill this world with love and support for each other. Mm. Mm. Thank you. You know, this we talk about the ripple effect. And if that can be a ripple that we drop in this great big ocean, let's have this be what continues to make a wave. Um, so what we do at the end of these is I kind of ask people these collective questions. And since there's four of you, I'm just going to ask each of you one and we'll do it in the order of aces, if that sounds okay. So Alex, we'll start with you. Um, and this is just like lightning speed. First thing that comes to your mind. So what are you currently reading or watching? Oh, I just finished watching The Outsiders because we're reading the book in class. And it was, uh, it was a good movie and good book. Yeah. So awesome. Really I love yeah. the depth of research you do. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, if you could eat dinner and engage in dialogue with anyone past or present, who would it be? 
eat dinner Walter. and engage in dialogue. Um, Football player. It'd be probably Tiger Woods. Ah. Um, just because I'm interested in his uh, journey in the golf profession and recent activities with his life and um, the rise and potential fall of that. And I I think that would be a very interesting um, journey to to follow and um, see, talk about. That does. That sounds like that would be a rich conversation. That would actually be interesting. I love that. Um, Erica, to you, um, are there any practices that you do or things that you say to yourself when challenges arise that just remind you how you want to show up? Well, I think yesterday was just a hard day for me. I don't know why. Um, Some days I just have hard days. And I think what I say to myself is if I just could get through this day, there's a tomorrow. And sometimes getting through this day, my husband knows this, is me just going to sleep. Like, (laughs) good night, everyone. I'm going to bed. It's eight o'clock. but I don't want to talk to anyone or, you know, think about anything. I just need a reset. So for me, it's uh, just doing my very best to get through the day that I'm in because Mm -hmm. I have the beauty of a new day starting the next day that has all sorts of different possibilities and opportunities. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And Sam, this question to you, there's a quote that we've talked about in some of these from Cornell West. I don't know if you've heard it, but the quote goes like this. Justice is what love looks like in public and what tenderness feels like in private. And I'll say it one more time. Justice is what love looks like in public and tenderness and what tenderness feels like in private. What does that quote say to you? You have the tough question. You can handle it because you do tea shots in one minute now. Literary analysis. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I think it could resonate with a lot of people. Just yeah. love in life and tenderness in very good I love the way that wisdom resonates in you so good well I'm going to give you an easy question as we end it and we'll just go wrap around to everybody reverse order what are you grateful for today Sam um I'm grateful that we have less than three weeks left of school yes yeah (laughs) awesome Erica what are you grateful for today I am grateful for so much. I'm grateful for dear friends like you. I'm grateful for my family. And I'm super grateful that we're almost through COVID and that we have some fun adventures coming up as a family. I love that. Chris, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for my, for my awesome family, that both my wife and I have had jobs through COVID, that we've been able to work from home and um, had minimal... Um, minimal difficulties with COVID. Um, and um, yeah, looking forward to the upcoming summer and potentially travels and getting our kids their shots this coming Friday and um, all kinds of good stuff that's coming up. So I'm, I'm grateful for a lot, for a lot. That's cool. Thank you. And Alex, how do you wrap us up? What are you grateful for today? Um, I'm grateful for my family and all their support through my journey, whether it being um, me and my gender or my journey through, you know, gender and kind of what it means to me, or it being my professional journey, which is just starting. Um, And I I really do appreciate all the support they've given me from driving me to events to, you know, um, sitting down and having good talks with me. So I, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you. I am super grateful for this chance to sit and talk with each of you today. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with us, for informing us and educating us. Um, You know, this is going to air in June of 2021, which is Pride Month. And I think that this just naturally evolved in terms of where this fit into the calendar. And I just think it was absolutely divinely inspired. And I'm just 
very, very grateful. So I wish you all a wonderful evening and uh, take care of yourselves. Okay. Thank you. Thank you you for tuning in to another impactful conversation here on Real Eyes, Real Eyes podcast. We hope you take some time to let the wisdom and the stories that were shared here today sink in. And we welcome you to engage with us on our social channels at realize.love on Instagram, at realize.love on Facebook, and also our virtual voicemail on SpeakPipe. You can call us and let us know individuals you'd like to hear us interview or ideas for stories that you think would be impactful for others to hear. We also have links in the show notes and we invite you to go to our website, realeyes.love, where you will find an online resource hub. It is our gift to all of our listeners to provide you the resources and support in making your own ripple effects actualizing love in this world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing all that you do. And remember, be true, Be real, be you, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.